0: Welcome to the HS Health Tech Podcast, bringing you the latest in health and technology through interviews with disruptive startups and leaders. Subscribers get a new episode every Thursday at 6pm, and I'm your host, James Summer. Hi guys, wow, what a funny few weeks we're having at the moment. Everything seems to be moving so quickly, obviously with the COVID-19 outbreak. Um, really feels like we're living through a really significant moment in history at the minute and I guess from our side we've seen that health tech companies are looking at ways that they can help and so as a means of us trying to do our bit we're trying to highlight how they might you know they might be sharing learning they might be partnering but they're all definitely working around the clock to find solutions to the ever-growing list of problems on healthcare's frontline and uh, two companies that have come together to partner up and Help with that frontline care are Q Doctor and e Consult, who are experts in telemedicine and triage, respectively. Now, both companies have been on the podcast previously, and you can hear them on episodes 7 and 21. And so, in this episode, what I do is essentially get a quick update from Chris Whittle, who's the founder of Q Doctor, and Murray Ellender, who's one of the founders of eConsult. And so on this one, I dive straight in to hear how their partnership is helping clinicians and patients. And if you're interested uh, in getting in touch with them, if you're a clinician or you're a member of an organisation that you think could benefit, then head over to the description of this episode to get all of their contact details. So enjoy this week's podcast guys so guys chris murray welcome to the hs health tech podcast how you both doing good thank you thanks for having it
1: yeah very good thank you for inviting us on
0: you're very welcome, gents. Um, yeah, unprecedented times for both the world and our podcast, actually. It's the first time I've had uh, two guests on at the same time, so hopefully we won't talk over each other too much, and I'll try and direct the conversation <laughs> so that we can all uh, all be heard as we're all self-isolating. But um, yeah, obviously, you guys have both been on before. Uh, well, both companies have been on before. Obviously, it was Mark rather than yourself, Murray, so we can go into a bit of your background. But Chris, why don't you kick off by telling us what's happened with Q Doctor since you were last on? Which was actually quite a while ago now, wasn't it?
2: It was, yeah. Um, I think it was
0: episode four, if I can. remember Really, correctly. excellent. I think it was that early.
2: <laughs> early cohort, excellent. So yeah, loads has been happening um, even before COVID, and I'm sure we'll come on to talk more about that. Um, it, we've we've seen we've seen policy change nationally um, towards what we're doing. We've seen general alignment of the whole market towards how we deliver video and, and what we're doing. So it's really, really come on in lots of different ways. Um several hundred practices that we work with, a few national firsts that we've managed to achieve. So it's just kind of fallen into place sequentially in, in the way that our platform was built and with a view to kind of this wider look at how do we bring an ecosystem together um, across all the different routes into the NHS that people can have um, and into healthcare. And we've always had that kind of broader view as a company of how do we help use the technology to bring it all together? Um, and it's just been the case of one after the other. We had 111 um, providing video to that for the first time, which is really kicking off right now with, with the COVID situation. Um, outpatients and specialist clinics. We had, we've had we had a big uh, STP-wide commissioning across the whole county um, up in Lincolnshire, which is fantastic. Um, so lots of exciting stuff. And it's, I guess, partly the basis of where well, we started with the fundamental problem that we knew was a an issue around access and and trying to use this as a workforce solution we knew that was going to be a problem um, that needed solving in whatever whichever part of the system we were looking at so um, yeah, lots of movement and, and it feels like not a very long period of time since we last spoke
0: yeah definitely, and it it seems to me as well that you 're through luck or judgment, probably the latter you picked a good business model for telemedicine. There's a few business models that obviously you could have chosen. And obviously very recently it's, um, it's obviously proved to be an effective one, but I mean, was that luck or or judgment? I mean, tell me a bit about that.
2: (laughs) Well, I I think it's, um, we knew that going back to the workforce thing, we knew, we knew that that's going to be an issue. So we knew that and right at the beginning when we had a really, really early product, we immediately had GPs coming to us to say, how can I, use this to work for my existing NHS practice or other organization. So we knew that the kind of the model was was a no brainer for us. Um, We knew that it it could deliver workforce into other parts of the country. Um, So I guess it kind of got built in by design. The thing that we didn't expect or necessarily fully anticipate was the transition from, we need digital locum GPs um, now for our workforce gap, that tends to transition across to our our local GP partners have had a look at this and would like to do it themselves. So we kind of, we thought that might happen, but we didn't know there'd be such a clear pattern of, um, we have an imminent requirement and then we have a more systemic need to build this in as a baseline service. Lots of people draw analogies to that transition like um, towards how energy providers work and having a baseline and then topping up. And that's kind of been in my mind throughout this development has been, what I don't want to do is is build a business model or start with a business model that breeds dependency on something that's inherently less efficient. If you're bringing in temporary workers, you know, so I was conscious that we didn't want to do that. We wanted to build something that evolved into a a baseline of how things can work.
0: And it means that obviously with, with your position and choosing to go into GP practices and make them telemedicine ready, Obviously, you've you've slotted right into the, the clinical flow, essentially, and you've just enabled those patients to have more choice. And again, referring to what's happening very recently, it does just give those GP practices that have a, a solution like yours or indeed yours, it gives them that flexibility, both the clinicians and the patients, to move to video relatively quickly.
2: Yeah, and, and a clinician is a key word as well because it's not just GPs doing it. Um, we've we've got parts of the newest models of care coming through. We've got social prescribers, pharmacists, nurses, advanced nurse practitioners, all able to do the same thing. It's just been it's been built in a modular way deliberately, so that when a workforce decides we need to start working remotely and um, delivering stuff over video, that that can happen.
0: Hmm. And obviously, being modular then opens you up to nice partnerships if you're already in the in the clinical flow, <laughs> yeah. which brings which brings Absolutely. me on to. What you've just done with eConsult, so bringing Murray in at this point. Obviously, people can go back and listen to the episode with Mark Harmon, all about the backstory of eConsult and everything to do with that. But Murray, yep. um, bringing you in, sure. mate, be good to hear yep. a bit about your background as the founder, and sure. yeah, a little bit about eConsult, and then uh, then move on to tell us about the partnership with you, Doctor.
1: Yep, sure thing. So I'm a I'm a GP. Um, I'm still a practicing GP, although. Uh, not practicing as much as I used to. Um, so I've, I've been a GP for 15 years, which is a scary thought but true, and um, been at the Hurley Group, uh, which is a large London GP partnership, uh, since the outset. And I guess I was involved in the kind of growth of the Hurley Group, so which was a really exciting learning curve uh, in terms of kind of growing a business as well as growing a kind of base of patients. So we ended up with a kind of practice GP practice list size of about 100,000 patients. And that really was the trigger for us to get into um, digital provision. So we built eConsult initially as a tool for those patients within the Hurley. Uh, It worked really well and has kind of scaled from there. So something that started as a tool for our own patients, Uh, we got requests from other GPs to test it out and it just kind of has snowballed from there. So I guess not to kind of dwell too much on the story, but just to give you an update on where we are, we've now got eConsult out there into 1400 practices all across the UK and so that's mostly in England but also uh, increasing numbers in Wales and Scotland too and it's a triage platform into general practice so patients access it through the GP practice website and ask them a series question series of questions about their condition pushes that through to the clinician and much as Chris said it's not necessarily the GP more often than not now it will be uh, a nurse practitioner or a paramedic or a pharmacist. And then the clinician will make a decision based on that triage kind of output and often about 70% of the time manage that patient without bringing them into the surgery. And so what we've seen, you know, even over the last year, is a real growth in the utilization of the platform. So more and more practices, um, even before the COVID outbreak, were switching to routing lots of activity through online. So I guess that's kind of been the, the growth. We're also now operating in you know, other spaces such as urgent emergency care and starting to think about how we apply the platform to outpatients. Um, but I guess the big focus at the moment is on, is on primary care for all the reasons that we all know related to COVID-19.
0: Indeed. I can remember actually reading your application to the Digital Health London Accelerator, and I can remember when I was there. I remember reading it and just thinking, "How on earth has this not been done before?" I just, yeah. I just thought, "What a nice, neat, great solution to a problem of overwhelmed practices that just don't have a filter between the outside world and booking an appointment, other than an admin team." know, or reception team that that can often do that. It, it just seemed like such a such a simple, basic solution to a problem which was massive. Which just obviously, it's often the best. It's often the way for for the best innovations, isn't it? When you just think, oh my god, how did I not think of this? <laughs> <You know?
2: laughs>
1: yeah. Um, yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, I think you know that's definitely the thing. You know, you know, there's some intelligence within the questions that we ask, but actually, fundamentally, the uh, it's a fairly simple concept and fairly low kind of tech in terms of bandwidth and such, you know, you don't need massive bandwidth to run this, but it, you know, what, what's interesting is, you know, it takes a while for, yes, it's a great idea, but actually getting clinicians to change behavior is the, uh, is the, is the kind of challenge, you know, and actually GPs are both busy. Uh, so that we have time to think about different ways Mm -hmm. of working, but equally, you know, actually it's a different way of working and actually, you know, we're trained as clinicians to see patients face-to-face. So, you know, all of these technologies operating in a different way. It does take a while to get clinicians used to using them.
0: Correct. And often, I I suppose, necessity is the mother of invention, right? And so in order to create that demand to change ways of working, right now we're in a position globally where there's a, a global pandemic. The coronavirus is all over the place. It's completely disrupting. healthcare in in many many different ways um and tell me about your guys partnership coming about now and i guess was it was this something bubbling in the background did you did we were you in the process of doing this and and yeah how are you guys looking to help sure i
1: I mean if i go first then chris maybe you can chime in because i mean chris and i have known each other for a long while i think we may have even met through the Digital health at London. Yeah, but, yeah, 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 yeah.
0: Exactly.
1: So you know, uh, and we've stayed in touch throughout that time. We've often, you know, the nice thing about um, us and Q Doctor is that we're kind of operating in the same space, but with different solutions. Yeah, there's no there's no competition really. So actually, it, we've kept in touch throughout that period as kind of you know. Um, to growing digital health tech companies um, you know and what can we learn from each other we've been looking for opportunities to work together and actually this has kind of really triggered it so I think we are offering the triage platform into general practice Um, QDoctor offers a fantastic video platform Uh, it was a kind of natural (laughs) pick up the phone we've been testing video at small scale for a little while um, but actually our offer wasn't particularly scalable and so you know When this crisis hit and there's a need for practices to have both triage and video um you know chris and q were the first people i thought of first people we picked up the phone to and said look here's a here's a great opportunity to do something together you know let's do this so i guess that was it yeah We, we have known each other for a while and this is just a great opportunity to do something together
2: yeah, and it's um and just to second that really, it's been a I think what Murray and, and his team do really well is that clinician engagement piece and, and getting things, getting the change to happen. Of course, both both parties have, have looked at what the other do and thought, well actually it would be really useful. We get I'm sure Murray would say the same, that the NHS practices often ask for the other part that the that they don't do. Yeah. yeah. Um and so, you know, it's kind of an obvious two parts of the same thing, a total triage. Model makes sense. You need to filter things before they come, and to use the tech in the best way, that has to happen. So it's kind of been a natural thing that was, as you say, has been bubbling away for a while, and it it makes a natural conclusion to to bring the two together for everyone's sake at the moment.
0: Mm. And for our audience listening, we our health tech audience is made up of entrepreneurs, people that want to be entrepreneurs, people that have got companies or might want them in the future, as well as investors and the rest of it when something like this happens globally and when you start looking and thinking obviously as you both have done how can we add more value here how can we partner up to deliver value practically speaking how do two technology companies partner with each other to then build a new way of working what what practically happens there you both mentioned picking up the phone and speaking to each other on the phone but obviously there's a lot of work that goes on behind the scenes to make that actually happen so how practically did that work for you guys to build that new um that new flow
2: i, I think i think it's a lot of the, the initial barriers to that happening anyway are around kind of potential competition and i think because we've, we've had we've had an open honest um conversation from, from the beginning so we've always known yeah. where the areas of interest are um, between us and i think that i don't know if you agree murray i think it's kind of that that's what stops things is if companies are thinking, well we don't do what they do yet but we want to at some point mm. then and they're maybe secretly thinking that or they're openly saying that either way it's going to be a challenge to to jump in and, do, and put your your limited resource into something together um, yeah because we've always known that these two come together and and that the other thing about it's kind of in a crisis particularly is a it makes things happen much much faster because of necessity all, on all parties but but b it makes you concentrate on what you do well and what you know that you probably couldn't do well in A week's time or yesterday? Agreed. And I I mean, I think, you know, historically,
1: it's not that we haven't wanted to bid for business together. I just think the way, and this is quite specific to the NHS, but the way that online consultation as a kind of concept has been commissioned with the NHS has kind of limited it to one or the other, really, Um, which is a bit, Mm. it's a bit, it's it's not very well thought through, I don't think, by the center, kind of saying, Mm. well, that actually, either you could do triage or you can do video. Because actually both make sense so uh, you know and now is a good time um i think because of the crisis and because actually you know they are kind of being a bit more acknowledging the fact that if you're going to have these two technologies you need to pay for both of them <laughs> um actually that re- removes some of the barriers to doing work together so i think yes we you know i think one of the things we've done is we've pulled this partnership together incredibly quickly you know in, in you know, less than 10 days, we've actually got a signed agreement between wow. us and we're, we're cracking on and, and mobilizing. Now, could we have done that if we hadn't known each other? Probably not. Um, but, you know, there was a kind of already a, a mutual knowledge of what each other does. You know, the kind of two top teams have know each other. So that definitely made things easier. Um, but, you know... Chris, Q Doctor, both Q Doctor and eConsult are very kind of, you know, we're, we're both agile businesses. So actually when a need arises, we'll, we'll both respond to it fairly quickly. So I think that's mm. what's driven this. Um,
0: so there's definitely value then in in knowing the people and the companies adjacent to you in your space. I mean, quite literally in your case of just knowing the people adjacent to you in the clinical workflow is obviously of, of a lot of value. Super interesting what what you said though about that that difference that that friction between could we do it ourselves and win the business and grow ourselves and go into that and that's a Mm -hmm. really interesting one because i've seen quite a lot when i've been scrolling through linkedin and all the all the other different bits and bobs of twitter and stuff about there are companies that have pivoted to include various bits and bobs video consultation being one of them um i've seen a lot of companies in fact pivoting into video so yeah. i mean how what's the difference between what you guys are doing as a partnership and i can i can kind of guess the quest the answer to the question in that you're two very strong businesses and clear in what you do and you've done both independently for a long time i can see, i can feel the difference of that coming together over someone pivoting but mm. from your perspective what what would you say the answer to that question is in terms of be that from the the I guess the customer point of view, or indeed the patient point of view. Bearing in mind we're in a crisis right now,
2: I think th- those things that you said, James, are, are exactly what the answer is. But it's it's as a consequence of that, it's the the confidence in ourselves to to scale it because we're only sticking to our narrow yeah, channel okay. of, of what we've done historically and what we're what we're doing more and more and more of. Rather than, I think, just going back to the point I made before about if you have a, a future aspirations to do something. It may not even be something that holds true right now, but it might be something that you promised an investor or that you promised a right you know, the, the team expect to happen next or whatever it may be um and that's often I think the blocker and in this case, everything is thrown out the window as you said loads of companies pivot towards what needs to be done yeah um, which which is great because it's rightly makes, so you yeah absolutely. The solution through
0: I mean I actually saw something that you put out, which I thought was um. I, I thought it was wonderful that you even said for people that might be moving in or, or, you know, that are new to it, then, that you'd offer your advice and your learning because you've been doing this for a long time. I thought that was awesome that you put that on LinkedIn.
2: Yeah. Well, I think it's got to be, it's not just a sales opportunity. It's got to be done right. And and in a funny way, us and, and um, e-consult in respective spaces have picked up nuances that, that there are very few other people and groups of people that have done it because they haven't, they haven't been there and done it for the last couple of years. Yeah. Um, so I just think it's worth offering that out to make sure that otherwise, you know, and it's, it's not purely selfless. It's the fact that it will be delivered better as a whole, It'll be seen better, as a better medium.
0: Well, a rising future. tide raises all ships, right? I mean, that's the, exactly. You yeah. don't want telemedicine to stack it globally because then it yeah. really, yeah. Ruins your opportunity down the line. Right. Yeah, yeah
1: exactly.
0: Absolutely.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And, and I think the thing I'd add is that there's, you know, there's two customer bases there. So actually, you know, we've got a customer base, 1400 practices who, you know, actually they kind of ex- suddenly went, well, actually we could do with the video platform here. Um, you know, and that, and that 1400 is growing at a rate of about 50 practices a day this week. Wow. So yeah, it's kind of gone a bit nuts and, and, you know, and Q to have a plat- uh, you know, a base as well. And that, and some of that base will be requiring uh triage. So there's a kind of real natural fit there. Let's come together, you know, Chris has got a scalable video platform that we can offer out to all our customers. We've got a triage platform that Chris can then offer out. And then I think, you know, the real attraction to us behind QDoctor as well was the kind of layering on, as you know, as we talked about earlier, you know, yes, sure. We can offer GPs a video platform post triage, but at this particular time, they're also going to be really struggling with workforce. So that kind of offer then follows on. Well, actually, you know, Chris can
2: potentially scale support the workforce. So, that's a kind of another layer of added value that we can then offer our customers. In a funny way, the, um, the fact that we've been delivering workforce has kind of given us a head start to getting a great solution out for self-isolation clinicians um, to work because they're, because all our remote workforce dropping into practices in other parts of the country. Suddenly they're now, we've got the tech hooked up to the NHS network that takes months to do. So no one can do it today. Um, and, And we're being just absolutely, um, bombarded by requests for it right now just just that bit regardless of whether they need our solution or not now they, yeah. they always all of them need for all these clinicians that are now self-isolating at home they all need that virtual access so,
0: so that is really interesting to me just simply because so i've just been i've just been on a phone call actually with one of my friends and i was i was chatting to him about um because he, he he said to me could could you be called in? are you worried about the fact you might be called in to do something and I said unfortunately I've rescinded my license and actually it's one of those things like I kind of feel a bit guilty that I can't help you know being an mm. anesthetics and ITU doctor once upon a time you know not that long ago at all you know the chances are I could come in and do a job in some way to help and actually I can imagine that those clinicians that have been diagnosed with it that have to then go home and self isolate with all of the skill sets that they have. I imagine that's incredibly guilt ridden and, and just a complete failure for the system that, that they can't actually deliver any care. But obviously for you guys to then enable self isolated clinicians to actually just sit at home and triage people and speak to them and, and do all the rest of it. Absolutely yeah. ideal. And what, what an incredible bit of value that is that you're bringing the system.
2: Yeah it's absolutely. very for me it's very 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 close to home because my wife's pregnant, heavily pregnant and um tearing her hair out, she's an acute medic. So she'll oh, be she God. until last week she was seeing these people come pouring into the hospital. Um she can't do it now. And but her and so many other colleagues are are not able to deliver it. But yeah, as you said, the, the tech helps that to happen. I think it's a big part of the solution. Absolutely.
1: And I think I mean, James, I, I hear they are looking at ways of getting doctors that are recently back into the system. So, you know, oh, it might be possible. <laughs> yeah.
0: Great. I like live very at, close you know? to St. Peter's hospital. In fact, yeah, <laughs> I, yeah,
2: you, you
1: I could know, be there in five stuff, minutes. Could, exactly. Um, I think, uh, yeah, certainly. I mean, uh, you know, similarly, we've kind of operated within the Hurley. We've operated this, this e-hub for um, the last couple of years now. So, you know, I was at one of our sites on Monday and a 10,000 list there. And we had just one GP and one nurse in the building. And actually all the other, all the rest of the workforce were at home managing patients with a laptop, access to the clinical system, processing online consults, wow. you know, uh, so yeah, I mean, I think you know, both parties have expertise in this and actually it's exactly what the profession's crying out for at the moment. Um, it's
0: so interesting, isn't it? That in in the face of this crisis and, and things having to change so dramatically, you did you 'd expect some of this learning to stick wouldn't you you'd expect some of this I mean there must be so much I mean obviously there is so much remote working from home of, of people in every field um, uh, that's gone up massively but in yeah. healthcare it's interesting isn't it that all of these remote models and particularly telemedicine and remote triage which you guys are both in yeah you'd expect this learning to stick somewhat, and actually people realizing there are some efficiency savings to make here. And, and once this does die down, we might, as a health system and a health tech ecosystem, be a bit more open to these types of things in future. And uh, and for the for the tech that we are using, it might it might have a slightly different use going forwards.
1: Uh, I don't think it'll be slightly different. My view is this 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 will be a kind of you know seismic Steps shift. If, yeah. yeah, in in how, in how I mean, you know, it's going to be global, but certainly our focus is on the NHS and how the NHS operates. And I think, you know, in some ways we've been, you know, you never want to kind of, uh, especially all three of us being kind of clinicians or, Mm -hmm. you know, no no one wants to benefit from a crisis, but actually this is the kind of driver that's going to drive change. And one of the things that we've probably both um, as businesses suffered from is, is the kind of the clinician's, Having the headspace to kind of change their model and their behavior. Now, what we do know is that once they do change their behavior, they rarely go back because they kind of go, all right, I get this now. This is, you know, this totally makes sense. You know, I, I get the triage angle, I get the video angle, the remote working is brilliant. So actually, you know, we're kind of forcing them down a path, mm. and you know, a lot of this behavior will stick. I've got no doubt. It's
0: always the hump to get over, isn't it? When you're newly innovating, it's it's convincing people that it's worth becoming less efficient to learn it because you're going to become way more efficient after you've learned it. It's yeah, often totally. that hump to try and get over, and it's such a difficult thing to sell because you're just you're you're selling the dream, aren't you? <laughs> just trying to yeah, totally. <laughs>
1: It, totally, yeah it's it's totally. not
0: conceptual and and all that people can see is like hold on a minute this this whole system's just held together by workarounds at the moment and so yeah, yeah. i'm not going to learn this new system because i don't have the time but actually in the face of something like this where you know the the, the normal admin burden might be considerably less there might be less defensive medicine and actually more practicing of medicine that just tries to help people as quickly as possible you know you are going to see these these changes and hopefully as you say hopefully they will stick right Absolutely.
1: Yeah. And I think we we know that the practices that only do kind of, you know, two or three e-consults a day, historically, they kind of feel like it's extra work. You you Mm -hmm. kind of, you know, you need to actually channel shift a decent amount of activity. And once they actually go, you know, turn off the phone triage and start doing 20 or 30 of them a day, they kind of get it and they go, Oh, right. I totally get this now. Mm. So, and this is just, you know, almost forcing this to have that to happen.
0: Yeah. Guys, look, so you're both, with your innovations, your, and the, and the new partnership, you're here to solve problems for people. You're here, you're here saying, look, we've done this partnership because we can add significant value to this, to the space and the system. So for the, I mean, there's, there's two buckets of people that you're adding value to here, right? Clearly there's, there's clinicians and then there's also patients. And so just so we've been totally clear for the people listening for some, for, for the clinicians equipped with both of your innovations through your partnership, what's the va- what is what is the value to them? I.e., what's the before and after, and then we'll move on to patients and do the same thing.
2: So I think sure. on the on the clinician side, if you've got e-consult and q doctor together between almost, if you like, between you and the practice and the patients, um, you've got an intelligent filtering of of what that question or, or problem list or symptom that's being brought to you um, is and how that is equ- is appropriately diverted away to a hospital or to 111 if, if that's what needs to happen. You've got that filter going on and then you've got a more efficient um, and in fact cost saving and time saving means of doing the consultation if you need a real time interaction with them. So you've got you've got several layers of of intelligent filtering going on that just bring synergistic efficiency as it as that person comes through and um, there, there will be a, a large proportion of things that can be dealt with by sent by filling in um, the question answers for e-consult and being an asynchronous um, report to that GP who can do that much faster than they could a real-time conversation but there'll be a proportion again of things that just are, are best transmitted um, in a two-way conversation with a visual component of video so you get those things added together and I think they're a synergistic efficiency gain
0: and so in the context of coronavirus then for those practices that are that are currently you know getting complete or not even practices maybe, maybe that's clinics or, or or all the different places that you guys work in but um for, for those clinical areas that are being overwhelmed by people phoning in to book appointments let's call it gps what this is going to do is just allow the, those patients to be given a questionnaire to fill in which triages them and then they're given q doctor as a telemedicine option should they be at risk of coronavirus right
2: that's it yeah and then the great thing is both of the platforms and especially when they're together are adaptive so the, the coronavirus um responses and the correct guidance is changing oh, on almost an hour an, almost an hourly basis certainly yeah. several times in the last few days so each <laughs> yeah. of those bits need to be as you can only really do that with tech because if you ask you know for example receptionist to in the morning can you update the the voicemail system for us, please. It's changed overnight. That's just always going to be immediately out of date. So this is a really important thing for the rapidly changing picture across the country. And I think, you know, the thing
1: that the value for patients, it's making them, you know, the the thing I keep saying as well is, yes, there's a lot of folks on coronavirus, but actually general practice is still having to deal with, you know, normal general practice. Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. That doesn't doesn't stop in this sort of crisis. Um, So, you know, for patients, it's giving them... Some assurance that they can still connect to their own GP, you know, that kind of trusted um, building, albeit not going into it, but you know, they know their, their yeah. practice. Um, and they can, you know, either get the answer they want asynchronously, or if they need to, they can see a doctor or a nurse that they know um, remotely. So, you know, it's supporting, it's allowing patients who actually probably a lot of them don't fancy going into the GP surgery buildings at the moment, or they may be isolated. Um, but we, we can support them. So, you know, there's huge value add to both the efficiencies of the for clinicians, but also, you know, it's just a better journey for patients as well
0: and what do you guys think about the the potential impact that you can make here obviously there's a short-term view of what we've got going on with coronavirus but actually there's a there's a huge there's a huge long-term view here of the potential impact that you can make on general practice by coming together and offering these things synergistically so yeah how do you guys think about that in terms of the impact you're looking to make
1: as we kind of outlined at the beginning i think um there's value add from both systems so uh, i think Combining triage, asynchronous triage, with um, a telemedicine solution is absolutely going to deal with a good chunk of general practice and get us all working in a different way. It feels like a really
0: end-to-end problem that you've solved there, doesn't it? It doesn't feel like you've solved a bit of it. You've you've that's pretty much everything because the patient's picked up from when they're unwell and they're placed back down again after a consultation, which seems like definitely the best thing to do.
1: Absolutely. And the, the key thing I'd say is that we, um, you know, both, 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 yeah, the focus of both businesses really is about kind of making NHS more sustainable. We know we're all having to do more with less. And mm. actually when once embedded, we know that you can manage a lot more patients. Um, so there's a kind of good long-term gain to the system, which is really important.
2: There's kind of, um, and then when you think about it in terms of, the business cases that we, you know, historically have done separately, and and there will be combined versions of this that come out of it. You without a full a full product, a full end to end product journey, which is basically not there. Um, without this kind of partnership happening, you you don't each party doesn't have visibility of the full value chain that's being improved. Yeah. So you don't have as Q Doctor alone, we don't have the visibility of what could have been managed by self-management if we'd had that part or the triage oh, I part see. in the app. Mm. And, and likewise, the consult won't have the yeah. what's the subsequent, so some of the questions we ask around the video uh, um, to, mm. to get more detail around what did this give you that, that was additional to what would have been given in a, either a questionnaire or a telephone call. So we know immediately that actually added significant a tangible value for the clinician, But we had, yeah. each of us only has half of that picture on our own.
0: That's really interesting. So actually from a product perspective, you guys must be assuming that there's going to be a learning journey here and actually just iterations or an an evolution call it of what you're doing into an even better end-to-end solution. Once you've had the chance to, you know, work together for a while, I I assume you'll you'll pick up loads of different ways to change what you're doing. Mm, Absolutely. Yeah. So... In terms of, I guess, just generally in the space, you guys have touched on a few principles here for entrepreneurs in terms of you know, the value in knowing the people adjacent to you in your space because you never know um, who's going to be friend or foe, and, and in this case, certainly friends when <laughs> you're partnering up. Um, what, in the in the face of of coronavirus and these different things where you know barriers to entry might be a bit but might be a bit lower and you know there's there's lots more opportunity i mean what would be your advice to health tech entrepreneurs out there at the moment
2: there's something we, we've had to deal with this um, more broadly in the last couple of years anyway because video is very broad in its application so what you find is and i think this is just amplified by a crisis like this you have a million different channels of opportunity coming at you sometimes especially if you have a, a broad offering um so the ability to kind of double down on the basics and what you know can what you know is proven and what you know is adding the most value and, and kind of most efficiently using your resource which if you're not in med tech is probably very drained at the moment it's going to hit a lot of business it already is hitting a lot of businesses very hard yeah um so i think that it's something about going back to basics and concentrating on the the part that you know that you can do well rather Mm. than chasing. It's, It's really easy to spread yourself thin, Um, It must be so
0: distracting to me right now, dude. Like honestly, the amount of phone calls you must be getting from all parts of the (laughs) system. And I imagine (laughs) sometimes you're promised the earth and sometimes, you know, all the rest of it. Mm, It must be hard to cut through and focus on the bits that are actually going to deliver the most value because that's ultimately the right play here is to find out where you're going to add the most value, right? Because that's going to not only help you as a business, but deliver what it is you're trying to do with the business. So yeah, it must be tough.
2: And the chaos kind of flashes, flashes out what your motivation is as well interesting you just cannot pursue everything it's just like well double back to what was the basic principle that started this I'm sure it's the same for for Murray you've got to be good in this game what you've got to learn is to say no to
1: stuff you know that's turning stuff down is is the right thing to you know because actually there's so many opportunities always coming at you and you know. kind of focus on the goal you've set i think you know and always starting with a problem you know in this space you know what's what's the problem we're trying to solve here i mean you know like chris is you know absolutely support and a lot of other kind of you know startups and entrepreneurs and similarly i'm also mentoring on the clinical entrepreneur program you know and actually i've had a couple of calls this week with kind of small startups who kind of may have a tool in the long-term condition space and i'm like look don't even try and have the conversations today, you know, but actually this is a really good opportunity because these practices will all bounce back. They'll all be much more digitally enabled. So, you know, two to three months time is absolutely the right Mm. time to hit them. You know, when this all dies down, you're, you're going to have, you know, a lot of audiences have suddenly got used to working digitally and there's then a great opportunity to apply different digital solutions beyond what Chris and I do Mm. in, 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 you know, I'm kind of limiting general practice, but clearly, you know, the wider health system.
0: You know, I was actually hoping that there'd be some sort of um, optimism that I could end this episode on, and actually, you know, with a with a silver <laughs> lining to the cloud. But I think you've just wonderfully and eloquently explained it, which is the fact that there is going to be a lot more of the system that's open to digital innovation after something like this, because they've had to open themselves to it. Right now, I think processes and systems are going to change. You're absolutely right, um, but I just wanted to add, like completely finish on on something that you said there, and you both said it, which is that ultimately it comes it, even at the stage that your businesses are at now, in 700 practices, 1400 practices. You, you both, in the face of a crisis, drill down into basics, which is what problem do I solve and what's my motivation? And I think that's that's wonderful, and it's it's a it's a really good reason that i think that you guys have come together because you both share that motivation and you share a desire to solve a genuine problem in primary care um Mm -hmm. it's not a surprise to me that you guys have come together it's not a surprise to me that you've managed to find a way to help during the crisis that we've got on globally at the moment um and sincerely i wish wish you both the best of luck in in everything you're doing now more than ever um and so I, I guess the, the the normal way that we end these podcasts is that I hand back over to you guys to kind of summarize a little bit about yourselves and, and what you're up to in the space. So um, yeah, any asks that you might have of our audience guys, then um, yeah, feel free to feel free to take it away.
2: Thanks James. So um, I'm Chris, I founded Q Doctor. It's been a pleasure to be on the the podcast today um, and it was in the previous one as well. Uh, my, my ask I guess is that we can just get the word out there to GP practices, NHS organisations that need help now, need help yesterday with the current crisis um, and more broadly that they think about the future post imminent crisis um, and how digital platforms can help them out because we, I think even on our own we've got a great solution but there are, with the partnerships being forged that we talked about today um, those things get better and better. Agreed and I'd echo all
1: that so Murray, one of the co-founders of eConsult. And if you want to know more about the platform, please do refer back to a previous podcast. Um, it's been a great opportunity to talk through the partnership. And I think if the, you know, what we do know is there's lots of practice out there looking for solutions, looking for both video solutions, looking for triage solutions. So, you know, hit either of our websites and uh, we can uh, help help find solutions for you guys. Uh, during this crisis but actually stuff that will stick and make lives easier for both patients and clinicians long term
0: thank you so much guys i'm going to put the contact details and everything that anybody needs to get in touch with these guys in the in the description of this episode so thank you very much and yeah onwards and upwards yeah great
1: thanks Thanks, James. james
0: Hey, everybody, and thanks for listening to this week's episode and making it all the way to the end. If you enjoyed it, remember to subscribe, rate us, and leave a review. And you can head to the description of this episode to follow us on all of our socials so you don't miss out on any of the latest health tech content.